0: Help me to make Kip your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started.
1: Hey, Kingdom Influencing Nation. I'm really excited to be here again with you. Uh, It's a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive in the kingdom of God. Today, I want to focus on a topic, kind of pick up the way we uh, dealt with church culture and relationship a little bit last week, but I want to kind of extend that subject matter but more under the title Kingdom Mandate and, 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 and kind of get us in a, a, a place where we really understand what we're talking about. We're talking about culture versus relationships. So let me ask you, how many of you remember being uh, in your teens or younger? And and I know there are thousands of listeners and I'm not sure what your adaptation is in terms of your introduction to the faith you know some people were introduced to the faith very young others did not get introduced to the faith because they were after high school or college Um, there's so many variables and so many diverse uh, ways that people have been introduced to the faith so what I really want to focus on um, my I'm going to use me as a as a example and hopefully that'll help uh, uh, build just a case study if you will for others because i used to go to church uh, particularly i started off going to sunday school and um i would go and i would participate and they would give me scriptures to memorize and for whatever reason i could never get the scriptures mem- memorized matter of fact we used to focus on the Beatitudes and it was very very difficult for me to i mean every week and i would actually try you know like doing homework you know, bring it home try to memorize it, come back, and I could never understand what the block was. What what why was it was that I could not for the life of me memorize scripture. So um we went from there to me going to church with my grandma and parents. We went to uh one of the Baptist churches in the community. And um one night I I I I felt something. I, I really feel it was Call of the Holy Ghost, the call of God, and I literally got up from where I was. Parents were sitting there. I just left them, went up to the front of the room, uh, gave them
0: my hand, if
1: you will, uh, right hand of fellowship or whatever you know the, the ritual was at that time. And um, I remember them taking me in the back, and getting a little information, and they baptized me. But that was it. There was no follow up. There was no discipleship, there were no classes, there was no fellowship, there was you join the church and that was it. And so from that point, I kept attending that church and I would participate in church activities, you know, the things that the youth ministry would uh, put on and that kind of thing. But here's the problem. I had been indoctrinated into the culture, okay? First thing, you get baptized. You don't baptize someone who's not saved. You lead them to Christ first and ask them about their salvation or their salvific experience. Get them to understand what they're doing before you put them in the water. That That's the first thing. Second thing, once a person has Uh, joined your church or gotten involved with the church and been baptized. There should be serious follow up. You cannot have grow a church. You cannot grow a sustainable ministry and you don't have discipleship ministry and you don't have, uh, uh, new members class in place. There are certain things that must be in place in order to grow a church properly. And I'm talking about for the long run, you know, not, not just why you, you may be the pastor now, not why, just why you're the pastor. I, I mean, we're looking at a perpetual move of God where God's church is able to sustain itself over the course of years and not just as a, uh, uh, uh a gathering of people who practice the culture of the church but not the mandate of the church, okay? So I was in that church for many, many years and never really got saved. And I didn't get saved until I was a sophomore on the campus of Howard University. And uh, at that point, I got baptized again. But at that point, I actually knew what was going on. But um, it's critically important that we lead people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So they understand not only... Not only do they understand the uh, culture of the church, but they understand why they're in the church and what their role is in the church and what they're supposed to be doing. So let me give you just a, a, a small uh, antidote. But the number one mandate of the, of the kingdom of God is for humanity. And I'm talking about all humankind, whatever race, creed, color, doesn't matter, sexual orientation, doesn't matter that everybody gets to know or have a relationship with god so the number one mandate of the kingdom of god is for humanity to have a relationship with god that's it so watch this if you never ever went to a church then that's of course not the goal but that happens from time to time as people get saved and continue studying their own we want you to know who god is we want you to have a relationship with god where you know why his son died on the cross you know why he created the heavens and the earth for us and you understand that we all sin and fall short of the glory of god that no one is righteous no not one and that because of this We all need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In other words, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we want to accept those things. We want to understand those things as a a direct gift from God and then realize that, hey, God died for us. Then it's imperative that I also give my life back to God. Okay. So let me look at John 17 and 2 for just a little bit. St. John. 17 and 2, New King James Version. As you have given him, uh, and we'll, I'll define these pronouns in a minute. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is actually part of the prayer that Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's, uh, talking to his father and he's saying, That you, God, have given him, Jesus, authority over all flesh, that Jesus should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So as many people as God have called out and chosen, that Jesus would uh, be able to give these people eternal life, give us eternal life. And so you see this as the number one mandate. This is right before he goes to the cross. This is praying in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, while his disciples, you remember the story, they were gone off to sleep and he is literally praying for, uh, the disciples. He prays for the world and he continues this, this prayer and he prays for himself. And so this prayer is out of the prayer that he prayed for himself. So listen to this for me. Christianity is God coming to men and women through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity is the only, uh, well, they call it a religion, but it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but the only uh, faith in the world that says that they have a Savior who died on the cross for our sins and yet still lives. There's no other faith in the world that claims that their God yet still lives. Okay? So Christianity is a, is not a religion. It's a relationship with God. So let me read uh, verse 3 of 17, which to me is the real crux of the issue. Again, Jesus is talking to him, Father, and he says this, and this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's it. That we may know God and Jesus Christ, that, that was sent by God. And then you know that when we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, our Lord and Savior, that the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, then seals us until the day of redemption. And he makes the difference because it is God now living inside of you. Now, for some of you listening today, this may be a rudimentary or elementary, but it never hurts us to go over these things. It never hurts us to sharpen our acts. It never hurts us to make sure that we understand the basic mandates of the faith. So I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. This is... Uh, How do we fulfill the will of God in our lives? God wants us to abide with him and he will abide with him, abide with us. Well, the scripture says that if you keep his commandment, that he will abide with you. And and so there are two major commandments that help us uh, in our quest to be obedient to God, to grow in the things of God and to become the children of God that God has called us to be. The first one comes out of Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And of course you can find this in Deuteronomy, but I wanted to read this part. It's after the Shuma prayer, where God declares that uh, he is Lord, he is one. And it reads like this. This is the first commandment. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. These are the kinds of things that we need to be equipped with in our churches to make sure that new converts and new members and people who are uh, leaders in our church, every leader should know these things off the top of their head. And and, and not from rote memory, but for the process of making sure that we are able, as leaders in the church, to lead our people properly. But if we make sure that everybody who enters those doors and joins our church gets this kind of information, it builds a strong foundation. In other words, they should understand salvation. They should understand how to how they receive salvation. They should understand how to give salvation, how to share their faith. They should understand how to witness. They should understand the difference between witnessing and leading someone to Christ. Then they should know how to disciple their members, the the people that that they bring into the faith, or they are assigned to as members of the discipleship team. So these basic elements, and, and, and this is what I was trying to get at last week, it's not the speaking in tongues. It's not the great choir. It's not the great preaching. It's, it's not all of the, the, the things that make up the culture of the church. And there's nothing wrong with these things. So I'm not uh, uh, batting these things to the ground as if they're not relevant. But what I'm saying is we need a sure foundation in the faith to really uh, give people what they need in order to sustain their faith. When I was going through COVID, it was the things that I learned as a young man of 19 years old, the basics of the faith that kept me. And so it's critically important that we maintain the fundamentals, the tenets of the faith. All of those things need to be taught in our churches on a regular basis and a continual basis For the new people that are coming in. Then there's the second commandment. There's the second commandment. And it simply says this. And the second. Like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Loving your neighbor. What's the biggest problem in the church? We're fighting each other. When we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, rulers and in, in high places. We wrestle against the devil. The devil is our enemy, not the person sitting in the pew next to you. And so we need to know how to love, how to forgive, how to overcome. We love ourselves, we want mercy. We love ourselves, we want grace. We love ourselves, we want love. We want compassion. Well, here's the, the caveat. You need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that means you need to distribute grace, distribute mercy, distribute compassion, distribute love, give back to other people what you want God to give to you. Okay, so we're gonna close. I I got a couple of little things I wanna share with you, a couple of little anecdotes. And again, I wanna remind you again, Christianity is not a religion. Religion is humans trying to work their way to God. Christianity is God coming to men and women through a, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you know this scripture, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16. And this is something I, I took off the internet and which is really relevant to uh, making sure we have the relationship of God and our relationship with man, the actual sign of the cross, a vertical relationship with God, a horizontal daily relationship with man. And it says this, always pray to have eyes that see the best in people, a heart that forgives the worst, a mind that forgets the bad and a soul that never loses faith in God. This is a tremendous uh, uh, a work somebody wrote this I'll read it again uh, listen listen carefully always pray to have eyes that see the best in people a heart that forgives the worst a mind that forgets the bad and a soul that never loses faith in God you have been listening to the Kingdom and Influencing Podcast I am your host Derek L. Calhoun I hope to see you Uh, Again, on next week, thank you for being a faithful listening audience. Thank you for helping us achieve the objective of having over 5,000 downloads in a very short period of time. Now we'll move on to 10,000. And it's not about just the numbers. It's about spreading the love of Jesus Christ. Be blessed. Have a great day. See you next week.